We are Soul Sisters. Walk alongside us as we take you through this journey of sisterhood. Join me, Jenna Urban. And me, Tara Machaco, as we walk in each other's shoes and explore our very different lives. Grab your soul sister to listen and laugh as we share stories of family, work, and small personal disasters. We're We're not perfect, but but nobody is. All right, so welcome to a different kind of Soul Sisters episode today. Jenna, I am going to actually interview you. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, I just listened to your individual podcast and it was awesome. I think that's really, really cool that you were able to sit here and, and... Talk about, talk about networking all on your own like that. And I was in awe of how it flowed so nicely. Oh, thank you very <laughs> well, much. As, as, we talk, as we talk here the next few minutes, um, talking about like your career and your background, like think about where you started and where you're at right now with the stuff that you're doing, being able to figure out how to maneuver microphones and speakers and audacity and you know, like maneuver all this stuff and kind of create different things. It's really cool. Thanks. So let's let's talk a little bit about your career path. When you were back in high school and in college, like what were your goals and and, and like to be to to do a coming out of college and kind of where did all that take you? Because you've gone through so many different changes. Right. I remember as a kid, and you might not know this, <laughs> that I always wanted to be like Heather Locklear on Melrose Place. So okay. like I like when I used to vision myself of what I'm going to do, it was like you know, wearing a suit and going into this office and like basically like being creative, right? So okay. I think that the creative part, advertising and all that is really what, you know, grabs my attention and not living in LA. Well, I guess maybe I'll take that too. But anyway, so um, when I was an undergraduate, I actually was a communications major and um, I did my summer internship going into my senior year with the Rail Riders Remember that. for PR. And then I also went with Coach Shane, Billy Shane, to Allied. And I was during the day working. He was a PR, yeah. a PR for Allied. And I was working in the office with him. And I remember hating the fact of like walking out at five o'clock and like being sweaty and thinking to myself like, oh can't believe like who works in the summer all my friends are like home by the pool and I really liked the rail riders you know that was at night and it was fun and it was like you know creating competitions for families and you know getting people to sign up Mm -hmm. for stuff so I but I knew then that I could not go into a nine-to-five in like that PR role right Mm -hmm. so after I graduated with my communications degree I just stayed in school and I thought well, what can I do that I don't have to work in the summer? <laughs> and basically, it, teaching was my only option. And then I thought, you know, that was great growing up with daddy as a teacher. Um, you know, he was home with us in the summer and so forth. So I knew that that was one way that I could still have my family and have that work-life balance. So let's back up a little bit, first of all. Melrose Place. Love it. <laughs> Love Melrose Place. Hopefully people that are listening remember Melrose, Melrose Place in 90210. And I had no idea that that was what your obsession was with Heather Locklear. She, she was like advertising. She was advertising. Yeah. So I was always like, even my classes in college, when I look back, I was always intrigued with how placement of ads, you know, like with the Super Bowl coming up, like how how placement of ads are. And when the to a time of day, just kind of like thinking about that and coming up with creative ideas to mm-hmm. run, to be able to do campaigns and stuff or slogans for different brands. So I think that's what drew me to it. Mm-hmm. But, 
you know, like at that time, it wasn't really an option. Like, where was I going to do, you know, that type of work, advertising work? I didn't really know much more out of that, out of Melrose Place. Well, and the thing is, I think at that time, it was either you moved to like New York City, you moved to LA, you moved to Philly, you moved to big, big cities to be able to do stuff like that back then. Um, I think times have changed. So go, when you were in your undergrad, you're doing communications. Right. You graduate. And yeah. now is this the like push from all of the family right now to be a teacher? Because that was also the thing back in the day was you want your summers off. Everybody, should, you should be a teacher. I'm a teacher. Right. This one's a teacher. It's a great, it's a great thing to do. So you did your master's was information technology. So I actually got my undergraduate. So I was the last person at East Strasburg that they allowed <laughs> to do this. <laughs> And I know why, because I wanted to see where all my credits placed, right? And how I could do it, the fa- what was the fastest track for me? So for me, I was able to get my communications teaching degree, and I had a minor in English. So okay. that allowed me to graduate with my, you know, my teaching certificate is communication certificate, which I don't even know what that entitles me to, to teach. Pro- I think public speaking and all okay. that, because I really loved that, that aspect. And then I have an English minor, so I was able to take the Praxis test and get my English certification. So that's how, when I student taught, I student taught for English, and I also student taught for, like, public speaking. Okay, so you did student teach in your undergrad. I did. So that was the fastest track. And then what I did was I stayed, I was at East Strasburg, and I was able to get a graduate assistantship. So this is where I think... (laughs) Not being cheap, but always finding, like, the most frugal way to do yeah. things, right? Yeah. You know, like, even going back to, like, playing at um, Lackawanna for two years. Like, I had two years of my college paid mm-hmm. for because I played sports. So, I knew that I did not want to have any more college loans. So, I went and found a graduate assistantship in the reading department. And then I got my master's at the same time as my under, like, my teaching certificate in instructional technology. Instructional technology, yeah. okay. So that was more more about the computers, and that's kind of what led it was you like into teaching computers. Yeah. yeah, like more like less teaching PowerPoint, and um, you know, working with districts and how they could put together a technology plan and so forth. But still staying in that realm of kind of the advertising marketing, because you need to be able to put together presentations and things like right. that for people, right? And it, it's funny because when I was in graduate school, podcasts were were out. Like people were doing podcasting, and, and actually, it was through Audacity that I kind of tipped my toes in it a little bit and tried it, but then it, it didn't have, there weren't the, the platforms out there to hold it. So I don't even know where some of those platforms, what are those podcasts went mm-hmm. to, but I do remember like one of our projects was creating a podcast and, and writing it and so forth. Yeah. Cause you don't really, you haven't really heard about those. No. Stories. And then really that was like what, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so then you graduate from East Strasburg and what's your step? What's your next step? So then it was like, you know, I had, it was, where, where was I getting a teaching job, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew at the time that there was um, a technology job coming available in the district in Dunmore. So that was just kind of like the next step. So I basically, I actually applied for an English job. And during my interview, I was asked by the superintendent, it was like, it was a time that I was really like, remember now, I was like 21, mm-hmm. 22. So I, I was heavily reading books. That were like not inappropriate books, but they were just like books that like I don't know. They were like girl books, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know. So um, I was asked by the superintendent, "What was the last book that you read?" And it was Good in Bed, 
but it wasn't. And I said, and, and it just rolled off the top of my tongue, but it wasn't, it had nothing to do with being in bed, but I was just being honest. That was the last book that I read. And do you think that kind of threw them off a little? And I think they were basically like, let's put her in the computer room <laughs> instead of the English classroom. But again, I could have done both. But see, I, what I remember from that time was you had like goals and you had a timeline of everything that you wanted to happen. And it was like, you were set that like you knew to the day, like when you were going to get married before you even had met Bob. A lot of manifestation <laughs> going on. I just had visions of it. Right? So was this teaching position part of that? Was that like in your, your plan? I think or? so. I mean, I think that, I mean, I loved the Oregon Trail as a kid. So I, I think going back to that computer classroom it just was fitting for me. And it was just like the perfect place, I think, for me to be um, and like to be able to coach too because mm-hmm. I was coaching basketball at the time. So it was basically, you know, what can I coach or what can I, what kind of position can I get so I can do my coaching and then yeah. have a family and so forth. Well, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit because a couple years into teaching, you, you get married and you start having a family and now you're right. taking, uh, what was it, maternity leaves and, and right. all of that. So you kind of, step away from teaching for a couple years, right? I did. So I was out for four years of teaching. So what happened was we get two years for each child. And after I had Molly, I had no intention. Again, this was not like, I was not like, oh, I'm going to take four years off. Um, But after I had Molly, I kind of was following different blogs that Christmas. And I remember sharing a lot of the deals with like, you know, sending you guys mm-hmm. like, oh, how about this deal and this deal and this deal? And then, you know, Christmas came and, and went and then I was still following these websites, these blogs, and I, I didn't know why they were sharing the information, like what, what their purpose was. I'm like, wait, there's no other holiday. Like, what are you getting out of this? And I was able to connect with some of the bloggers, like just reaching out to them on social media or email and, you know, they had told me, like, you know, I we make I make money off of this. And mm-hmm. I was like, tell me more. Right. I was like, tell me more. So this was the start of the entrepreneur part. of Right. Career. Right. But again, it was like, how can I extend my maternity leave? Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do to make some extra money? Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's all I really wanted to do. So I was taking a half a year at a time. And at that time, you know, like, I, I just kind of taught myself. Mm-hmm. To, like, I, I went into it at that time. It was Blogspot created a website, you know, I, I would, I would ask people like, you know, where, who, who are you hosting with? And the people in the community were very supportive and answering the questions. So basically created this blog and then started kind of not really making money right away, but I was again, exchanging my blog posts for like free tickets places. Right. right. So I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I could go to like Sesame place. I'll, I'll write about, you know, I joined yeah. their media club and, um, Philly social media moms and there were different communities which I really liked um, it was a lot of I saw other moms doing it mm-hmm. right so I was like if they could do it I have my IT mm-hmm. degree I was like I could do this too so it was a lot of late nights and early mornings mm-hmm. I used to wake up at five o'clock before the kids would get up mm-hmm. and I would try to get blogging done in the morning and then nap time so I really worked around their schedule but I had that flexibility yeah but that's so impressive though because think about most people in your situation would be taking advantage of the fact that you're on maternity leave, you're home taking care of your kids. Any free moment that you would get when the kids are sleeping, they would sleep. Right. Where you had a completely different mindset and you had the drive and the ambition to do something else and to to better yourself and kind of find ways to to create income, 
Um, I mean, I can remember, like, you had, like, binders of, like, coupons. I right. Remember well, that the was the other thing, too. That. So I started really getting into saving money and couponing because, again, I, I was trying to figure out how can I save, how can I extend my maternity leave and stay home? So it was the saving with using coupons, and I got into, um, you know, extreme couponing, and then I, I was able to teach some couponing classes, mm -hmm. and I joined the savings.com network, and again, it was, like, just these other women that I was seeing doing the same thing, and they were like, hey, come join us, and, mm -hmm. you know, the, having different opp opportunities um, to, you know, make that extra income. But again, all of those opportunities that you are taking advantage of and the people that you're meeting are leading you up to kind of where you're at today, right? Right? Don't, don't you think during that time you had choices? You had yeah. a choice to sit home and kind of relax, take care of the kids, or you had a choice to, to better yourself and kind of find ways to, to create new things, new products, and now look at the entrepreneur that you are right. and the stuff that you have done and continue to do because of that experience. And it was a lot of independent learning, mm -hmm. right? You know, like I really probably learned more about that than I did in my master's, to be honest. And it was constantly keeping up with things. And I remember, you know, even looking at the back end of my website, how many people were on my website mm -hmm. at one time. And I remember being so excited that first time that I had 50 people. And I was like, holy cow, like 50 people that I don't even know yeah. looking at my website. And so I just kind of continued to grow the blog. And then I had Jackson and I was still home. So I was extending my maternity leave. And I remember nursing Jackson one night and I was like on Facebook in the basement, like breastfeeding and <laughs> I came across that there was going to be a new show coming on that was PA Live that was like WBRE. And I just messaged them and I was like, hey, like, would you have any interest in a bargain mom segment? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I remember being like, oh my God, now I have to do this. <laughs> but no, at that time, there was a segment on Good Morning America too, right? What was her name? Yeah, um, she... Um, she still, she, she still she does, does it, right? Yeah. Steals and, or deals well, and steals. Yeah, and there's um, Tori Johnson. Tor yeah. yeah, she does it. Um, so they did have, there were different segments that were out there that I was following. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like in the back of my head, like, oh, jeepers, like we mm -hmm. can totally do that here. Yeah, but again, another opportunity that you're completely taking advantage of while you're sitting on your computer, probably scrolling Facebook. Right. Not wishing anybody happy birthday, but just, no. just scrolling right. Facebook. Right, right, right. <laughs> But again, giving you that, that chance to do that. I think what's really, really cool, Jenna, is everybody knows like you kind of balancing three kids, driving them all over the place. They're, everybody's always saying like, I don't know how you do it, how you do it. How do you, how do you make time for yourself? But you have created all of these things with the, any time that you get, where most people kind of have that time and they say, well, I'm going to sit and watch a show or I'm going to read a book or I'm going to go for a walk. You have taken advantage of when you go for a walk, you're working, right? Like you're, you're, you're utilizing every minute of every day to make your life better, which I think is really cool. And it's hard, it's hard to even imagine Thanks. doing that balancing three kids. Right. And I think that it's, it's not something that you could teach someone to do. Right. It's and basically what it was, was I was just putting one foot in front of the other mm -hmm. and not thinking, what if I fail? Right. That wasn't mm -hmm. even an option for me. Like, Oh God, like what if I go on TV and like, what, what would I say? I just mm -hmm. went and did it, right? I was like, I got my feet wet. And that first time on TV was so scary. The second time got easier, mm -hmm. you know, and then it just, I did about a year and a half of that segment. And then I got into working with Ryan Leckie and doing those morning mm -hmm. segments. And then I was writing for the newspaper. I was in Family Times, like a, an insert uh, statement. So I did a weekly article. And again, that I think I got paid like 25 bucks or something, an article, but it was just kind of, my own money at the time yeah. and um you know 
so that was my work. I was writing and couponing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk about that fear of failure. We talk about it all the time, especially in the sports world. But you get to a point now, you're ready to kind of walk away from teaching. There had to be fear at that point. So right. like when you finally get back to school, you're there how many right. more years before so, you started to... I think I went back to school because Lucas was going to Delmar at the time. So I thought, how can I have him in school without me being there? What would that look like? You know, but, and I remember thinking, what would it look like if I didn't go back to school? But at the time, you know, we just, I need, we needed the extra income and um, I didn't really want him to be there without me. So I went back and I was there for 10 years, was it? Maybe. About 10 years. There was 10 very long years though, right? It was. It was very long. Um, But in in between those years, you know, I dabbled in, you know, selling Jamberry nails. I remember And kind of like, so I always kind of had a little bit, like my own foot in the water and and doing little things. But I stopped blogging because it was too much keeping up with the deals. I got into running events Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that. And then I just kind of was like trying different things. Right. Yeah. And, and the Jamberry, you know, I was really successful with that. And I built a team underneath me, but direct sales is, is very hard. And I just kind of tried it. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I tried something different. But you got to a point, I think, at, after those 10 years that you started to think about what life would be like without teaching. Right. right. So like that's kind of leading you into your next chapter of your life. Like, how do you walk away from it? What are, like, there had to be fear in that. Right. Like, what do you do if you walk away from teaching? And I think at one point, I just got so burned out. You know, like, it was before the pandemic, and it was just being in the school with the kids and, you know, being a full-time mom and, and, and doing, running everything, running the kids all over the place. I just suffered from burnout. Mm-hmm. And with the pandemic, I started running the online school, mm-hmm. and I was doing that, and I really enjoyed that aspect of, again, it was like teaching those coupon classes, being yeah. in front of, like helping people out, helping the teachers implement technologies and my technology background. So I really enjoyed that part. And um, I started kind of, when I went back into the classroom the next year into teaching, it, was, it became tedious. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I knew I didn't want to yeah. be there. You know, at, at that time I was like, you know, I remember writing in my journal, like my five-year plan. And I did have a five-year plan. And, and I always kind of wanted to be you know, be able to encourage other women and, and teach them something. I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But again, it was just kind of like I was just going, putting things one foot in front of the other and, and just doing the work, right? Whether it was listening to podcasts or, and sharing them with my friends mm-hmm. or trying to get, you know, a community involved. Like when I started the Hat Club yeah. community and trying to do like coffee meetups and just, you know, interacting with people, with other women and learning from them. And I did start doing a little bit of podcasting and so forth. So I did have other options. Uh, so teaching, I knew that teaching wasn't my only option. But when I was contemplating, mm-hmm. you know, what, what what to do, I remember Molly. And at the time, we had just opened the shed yes. business, right? So that was adding on to it. So I was already running, helping Bob with his landscaping and then running the sheds. And I remember Molly saying, like, wait, I can't tell people that you're a shed. Like you said, you sell sheds. Like you're a shed salesperson. <laughs> And if you don't teach, like, what am I going to tell people? Right. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, what are we going to tell people? (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. So then that kind of weighed on me. Like, I can't just leave my teaching position. So in the meantime, I obviously, you know, the story about, Mm -hmm. you know, I I left. I took a position at Wilkes trying to use my IT background, but it just 95 just wasn't for me. And the commute, it didn't work with my family. 
So went back to those allied days and started. Oh my god! It was like PTSD. I was. I could not. I. I don't know. I. It's just not. It just wasn't for me. I was used to go, go, go. Thirty. You know, thirty minute classes. Nine thirty minute classes a day that I taught. And at three, I was done. Yeah. And it was like I packed my whole day in. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any downtime. Yeah. So it was just a whole different world for me, like to to extend that day. But um, so. You know, Bob and I sat down and we decided that I could use my skills to build the businesses and help him. And so that led me to pivoting and kind of just working for the businesses. And now you're opening a third business. Right. So talk a little bit about that, what's coming. So we have the sheds. Yep. And we have um, Law and Order. Law and Order, and right. And we're opening a third business. So, yep. So, we, um, so it, it kind of ties in with the sheds because, you know, for a long time, again, I can't just sit somewhere and wait for people to show up. We obviously know that's not how I work, right? <laughs> I, I, I gotta go get something, get it done. So I can't just sit up at the shed lot and wait for people to come. So Bob had suggested, like, what if we put an ice cream stand with an office attached to it? So that's what we're doing. Um, we thought it was just basically we were going to put an ice cream machine in a shed, but that's not how it works. So we are going <laughs> through, you know, different protocol with the state and the borough and so forth so I'm hoping to that we will open in June with that mm -hmm. and in the meantime I'm just kind of still trying to like inspire people and and, and help them along the way and teach them all the knowledge that I know well but but I think while you're doing all this you're still making money yep. you're still figuring out ways to to be creative making money like I mean the ice cream stand is that's creative you're bringing people there and then oh I see a shed right you know, we, 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 we kill two birds with one stone while we're here so you're constantly still trying to figure out how to make money but you're enjoying everything you're doing because you're doing what you love doing right right um so recently you've had an opportunity now presented itself and and I think you actually had to work to get this opportunity so if you talk a little bit about it but you have an opportunity to be a keynote speaker at the empower conference for this keynote speaker. oh sorry not a keynote. A speaker just a speaker yeah. You're a keynote speaker in my mind. <laughs> but still, you're a speaker. That's a big deal. Don't lessen the, what, what you're doing. You're a speaker at an Empower conference that used to be the Women's Leadership Conference, it was called, I believe. It was. And now they changed it to Empower. Empower, yes. So talk about it's Suits to Sweats is your topic. So my topic is from Suits to Sweatpants. And basically going to talk about what I just kind of talked about mm -hmm. a little bit here. My journey from, you know wearing dressed up clothes mm -hmm. and, and having to squeeze into regular real pants every day. And now I could kind of have the luxury and the freedom to put my leggings on mm -hmm. and go for a walk if I want to while I'm listening to a podcast or make my phone calls mm -hmm. while I'm walking and, um, you know, kind of having that flexibility. And, I, you know, they do say that entrepreneurs probably work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40 hours at a real job. Interesting. And, and I, I do see that, but it was, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about my experience and my journey and how each part of, you know, my journey has taught me something different mm -hmm. and that that's, you know, where I'm at today. I, I'm there, I'm here today where I'm at because of everything that I've learned. And I've taken, I've taken something with me from every experience that I had. So what could, if, if I asked you, and I'm going to put you on the spot, if I asked you like a one or two word description of advice you would have for any woman thinking of you know what I don't like my job I'm, I'm not enjoying what I'm doing I've always wanted to go do this but I'm afraid what would what would be your piece of advice 
to someone thinking about doing making a big transition like that and pivoting. Right. And it, so, first of all, it wasn't overnight that no. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like my job. I'm going to be done. I always had in the back of my mind, you know, that what would I do when I retire or mm-hmm. what else would I do? But I was also getting my feet wet throughout those years of like with the side hustle. I always okay. had a side hustle. And I, I kind of learned from each of those side hustles something new. And I taught myself different skills. So I almost got, gave myself a marketing degree without mm-hmm. going through the classes, just in self-educating. So I think my advice to anybody is to you know, take 10 minutes a day and, or 15 minutes a day and try something new and, and make it gradual and have you know, a, a one-year plan or a five-year plan of where you want to be at, at the end of it. And be okay with it if it doesn't work out mm-hmm. and be okay to, you know, fail. There's really no failures in life. They're all life lessons mm-hmm. and being okay to kind of take those lessons and then, you know, pivot and put, implement something else and try something new. So I think the, I think people just get so overwhelmed thinking they have to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They have to leave their job or mm-hmm. I think that's definitely my advice is to go slow and be okay with the timeline especially depending on what season that you are in your life. Like, so for me, like I still am going slow in whatever I'm doing with, you know, my own business Mm -hmm. and consulting and and urban Mac media, I'm taking my time. And I know that the season that I'm in right now with my kids is I'm a busy, I'm in a busy season. I have the businesses that I'm working on. And someday I may be a keynote speaker and be on stage somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that someday. Mm -hmm. It's just, what am I doing now to better myself? Whether it's listening to podcasts, reading books, you know, networking, networking. with people, mm-hmm. meeting new people, talking to new meeting people. people. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to listen to you speak, and I'm excited to be a part of, to be at that conference to hear all these wonderful women in, in leadership roles speak. Um, but we we always on this show are pretty serious. We talk about topics to try to help educate women and try to encourage women and be positive and, and supportive and everything like that. But I I want to know some like cool stuff here. So like, okay, so you. For how I the last I don't know five to seven years I, I can't remember when you and Bob decided you were going to go keto, and like there were times where you got you adjusted. Bob has fluctuated a little bit more than you, but you are so strict about everything that you eat, like like peanuts, almonds. Mm-hmm. Like it's always like we're at night at the races the other night, and there was no food, and you're looking for almonds. You were asking who had a, who had, who has a bag of almonds with them. No one has a bag of almonds. Right. With them. So like. You're so you're so regimented and so like focused and, and, and kind of stick to your your plan. What's what's the guilty pleasure? What do you do to to break away from something like that? Like what if you were given the opportunity to splurge one day and it was like you know what screw it I'm just gonna I'm gonna splurge. What am I gonna go have? Well, I will tell you that with my discipline, I will not splurge because I cannot just <laughs> eat one Hershey Kiss. I have to eat the whole bag. So I know that tomorrow I will, like, what I will feel like. Mm-hmm. So my guilty pleasure probably is the sugar-free Lily's chocolate bar. Okay. So because still, it's chocolate. Sugar. But, right, zero but sugar. But you eat the whole bar? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, would, I okay. would eat the whole bar. That makes me feel a little better. Yeah. I would eat the whole bar. Because those of us that are not strict dieters and all that, we, we do the same thing. And we, but we right. splurge a little bit bigger. But Right. Okay. <laughs> so tell us one more thing about yourself that, like, that is, like, quirky or, or funny that's that people might not know about you is there like a is there like a routine a habit if I were to ask Molly this would probably be the best way to put it what would Molly say one thing that my mom does that's just weird and crazy and silly well 
Well, I will tell you my what they can't stand, and it is my guilty pleasure, and I've talked about this before, is I'm a huge Rock of Ages fan of okay. Journey, and I will tell Alexa to play that soundtrack with Tom Cruise, and they don't like Tom Cruise because he starred in the Rock of Ages movie, and that's the only way I could listen to the songs on Alexa. Okay, so, so Rock of Ages. Yeah, so like, Don't Stop Believing. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's all Journey songs, okay. and they can't stand it. Okay. And when the song comes on, and I blast it, and they're in the car with me, or they hear the word Tom Cruise, they, they cringe. They cringe. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So when when the Journey cover band's playing at the Mohegan Sun, I'll expect you at the party on the patio. As long as it's before <laughs> eight o'clock. Well, listen, this was this was fun. This was different, and um, I, I think it's really cool to hear your entire story of kind of how you've gotten to where you're at today, and all the all of the things that you kind of threw yourself into and jumped in and took that took that time to kind of learn and teach yourself. I think we don't get enough hands-on training. We didn't when we were in school. Would you agree with that? Like, I think everything was books, read, study, take a test, where I think it's starting to change a little bit. And now I see it with my classes a little bit too, that we're doing a lot more of the hands-on because I think that's work experience and that's going to be more beneficial. So it's really, really impressive that you you were able to do all that and teach yourself all that, Even, even what we're doing today. I would have no idea how to log in and edit any of these things that we do, but it's it's really, really impressive that you know how to do all these different things. So very well done, Jenna. Thank you. Thank you so much for the interview. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Soul Sisters Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Soul Sisters Podcast and on Instagram at Soul Sis Pod. And tune in next week as we continue to share some of the stories and the journey of the speakers from the Empower event. Interested in being on our show? Email us at soulsisterspodcast at gmail.com.